Hello and welcome to Trending Pet Food, the industry podcast where we cover all the latest hot topics and trends in pet food. I'm your host and editor of Pet Food Industry Magazine, Lindsay Beaton, and I'm here today with Project Hive Pet Company co-founder and CSO CFO, Melissa Rappaport-Schiffman. Hi, Melissa, and welcome. Hi, Lindsay. Thanks for having me. We actually covered Project Hive Pet Company as Pet Food Industry Magazine's April 2022 cover profile. But in case you haven't had a chance to read the issue, here's a little bit of info on Melissa and the company. At Project Hive Pet Company, she leads the company's financial and sustainability strategy. She is also the author of Building a Sustainable Home, Practical Green Design Choices for Your Health, Wealth, and Soul, Skyhorse Publishing 2018, and consults, writes, and speaks about sustainability issues facing businesses and homeowners. She's a lead accredited professional, holds her BA in government from Georgetown University and her MBA and MA in public policy from the University of Chicago. Project Hive Pet Company sells innovative dog treats and toys with a mission to save the bees. Created to use business as a force for good, Project Hive Pet Company makes all its products in the USA using more sustainable materials and non-GMO project verified ingredients. Let's make our planet thrive one happy dog and countless bees at a time. That overarching sustainability expertise is why I asked Melissa here to help me answer today's question. How can those in the pet food industry properly navigate their sustainability business plans? So Melissa, you obviously have a ton of experience and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And I want to talk a little bit about how sustainability has made its way through business over the last several years. In your experience, how have priorities shifted in the business world when it comes to sustainability? And where do you think the pet food industry in particular is at right now? That's a great question. I think we should sort of just back up and say what sustainability is, because it's really a massive topic and people can kind of go cross-eyed with it, but it's generally defined as meeting our own needs without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. But that's pretty hard to get your head around in terms of making it into a practical strategy, because we're talking about natural resources, agriculture, human capital, social equity. Sustainability can be applied to every part of our lives. So today, talking about the business world and sustainability, businesses have been slowly getting on board with sustainability, and we've seen a major growth over the past decade. Companies that used to just put out annual reports are now also putting out CSR reports, which is corporate social responsibility reports. And companies are aligning their short, medium, and long-term strategic plans with broader sustainable development goals. Thankfully, there is a framework for that. The United Nations adopted 17 goals in 2015 around sustainable development. And they talk about it as a, quote, shared blueprint for peace and prosperity for people and the planet. So again, very broadly, businesses are starting to look at their energy uses and their impact on climate change, how much they contribute to pollution of our land, water, or air, how they affect the depletion of natural resources, as well as human rights and issues like hunger, poverty, and diversity. As an industry, pet trends have typically followed human trends. So the pet industry is also gaining a lot of traction in becoming more sustainable. And I want to give kind of a quick shout out to the Pet Sustainability Coalition, which was founded in 2013. They're based in Colorado, and they're really helping drive that change. They're a great resource. 
They like to say we're working in an industry of caring, caring for things that don't have a voice. So our pets don't really have a voice. And we take care of our animals and we need to take better care of our planet's natural resources that really support all life. Clearly, there are a lot of elements that go into sustainability in business and different avenues to cover. And as we get more involved in sustainability, it becomes more complex. I know one of the things that companies are going to come across pretty early on in their sustainability journey are various kinds of certifications that you can get, depending on where you are in the pet food process. What are some of the top company level certifications that companies are going to come across as they're exploring sustainability? That's a great question. Certifications have grown a lot in the past decade as well. And they're overall third-party certifications that basically say, yes, we've validated you know, your operations or whatever it is that they do, but it can be pretty confusing for businesses. I think a lot of businesses are asking, are they worth it? Does the consumer care? Do they understand it? But Some of the top ones that we've come across and that I really love, one of the most holistic brand level certifications is B Corp. It's a bit of a misnomer because you don't have to be a corporation. You can be any type of business. It's a third-party verification performed by the nonprofit B Lab. And it looks at your impact on all stakeholders. So not just shareholders, but it looks at your impact on your employees, your community, the environment. And over 4,000 companies have been certified globally so far. And it's a really great organization that I kind of talk about as the savior of capitalism because it makes businesses just more kind and thoughtful towards everybody that they impact. Another great organization is 1% for the Planet. And that was founded by one of my heroes, Yvonne Chenard, who's the founder of Patagonia. You basically commit to donate 1% of your revenues, so not your profits, but your revenues, so top-line revenues, which is more significant. And they have a whole host of environmental organizations as part of their network. And if the organization that you want to contribute to isn't part of their network, you can tell them, hey, I want this to be part of your network, and they'll do a quick audit. But then they conduct an annual review to make sure that the businesses actually do donate 1%. So they look at your tax records, look at your total revenue, and then you have to have a receipt that shows that you're giving 1% of your revenue. And about, I think over 1,200 businesses have signed up for this. There's a component of it that isn't really certifiable, and that's being mission-driven. And we're seeing more and more mission-driven organizations. So for Project Hive Pet Company, our mission is to help save the bees. So we donate... 1% of our revenue to our nonprofit partner, the Bee and Butterfly Habitat Fund. But it goes beyond just the certification and the partnership with 1% for the planet. We also advocate for bees and sustainability through our blog and newsletters and social media. And there aren't really many pet companies out there with a sustainability mission like ours. There's a lot of great pet companies that have either a mission or a give back or something. But we're seeing more, I would say, consumer demand for what is your company doing to help save the planet? We did talk a little bit about this in the company profile that we did for the April issue of the magazine. But when companies are really trying to figure this out, and we're going to talk about product certifications in a minute, but we're going to stick at the business level for now. What do people need to be focusing on? How do they decide Is a certification the way to go? Is it more important right now to focus on being mission-driven and really flesh that out? How broadly should a company cast its net 
when it's trying to figure out where to go in terms of a sustainability business plan? Yeah, well, I think it really depends on what the business's core values are and aligning those core values because you do have to really prioritize. It's not that easy to get all these certifications and it can be costly. One example, we are working towards B Corp certification and we do have our agreement with 1% for the planet. We have a goal of being climate neutral as well. And we just went through climate neutral certification for small brands and it actually came back as being too costly for us at this level as a startup company and watching our financials and our cash constraints. So we're working towards becoming climate neutral on our own, but not going for the certification. And so it's just really, it's kind of a difficult prioritization. Like not all companies can do all things. I think what consumers want is transparency because of the internet and social media You can find out so much more about what a company is doing and what their values are and what their priority is. So as long as there's sort of communication about like, hey, our main goal is to do X, if it's to, you know, ours is to save the bees and we're planting wildflower habitat to help that, that's our main focus. And then the next level certifications can be sort of nice to haves. And I don't know that any of them are have to have, right? Because I think consumers are still trying to navigate it. But I think if you're transparent and honest and communicate your goals, I think that goes a long way. Starbucks has a great corporate sustainability report where they say our water use has gone up because our product takes water and they look at water resources, but just being honest with the consumer and the marketing claims that everybody's putting on packaging and website, they just, they need to be real. And I think that's an important thing to talk about because after all is said and done, yes, it is easy for consumers to look at product packaging or go on the website. And if you have that seal, if you have the certification, that tells consumers a lot of things in one go. And Mm -hmm. so that could be a quote unquote easy way to do things, except for the fact that it's not. It takes money, it takes time, and some companies are just going to be priced out of some of these certifications depending on their resources and their manpower and just the size of the company, how much money you're bringing in. And if you are a startup company, then you might feel a little bit of despair with all of this because how can you possibly keep up? But one of the things consumers are looking for, and we've talked about it in other episodes of this podcast, and it's coming up in a lot of stuff we're writing for the magazine, is that people just want to know what you're doing. And you have to be able to back it up because they'll be able to find out if you're not telling the truth. But there is an avenue there to put together a solid sustainability business plan as long as you're transparent and say, we aim to be carbon neutral by this date. And yes, if you Google search, there is a certification out there, you can get it. But if you're transparent about your journey, I think that can hold just as much weight with consumers as that little label on your packaging at the end without all of the costs that could be prohibitive in getting those kinds of certifications. So I do want to talk about product level certifications just so people know what kind of things are out there. But I do think it's really important to make that part of the conversation about certifications and things that you can do as part of your sustainability plan and maybe ways to work around it. Maybe you can't go for the certification right now, but you can still do things and tell your consumers about your actions without completely torpedoing your strategy from the start. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it does take manpower and specific knowledge to even understand what your impact is from a sustainability standpoint. 
One of the things I love about B Corp is that it requires annual impact reporting. And maybe a company doesn't get B Corp certified, but they still have an impact report. And what that is, is the first step is really to start measuring your impact. It depends on the business that you're in, but you know, in terms of pollution, energy consumption, water usage, carbon emissions, things like that, you have to start somewhere with measuring what your operations, what their impact is. And so that's a great starting point. And then you can go, we didn't realize our downstream impact is X. So for example, if you're shipping something from overseas, that's going to be a much bigger impact on fossil fuel emissions. So maybe that's where you start trying to reduce And then you just kind of go from there and you can set goals and say, this is what we're working toward. So we've covered a lot of the business certifications. And before we zoom out a little bit and talk about the bigger picture, let's zoom in and talk about product certifications. So what are some of the top product level certifications out there right now related to sustainability? If we start with food related certifications, you know, most people know the USDA certified organic label. That's got some controversy with it because it is for small farmers. It can be difficult to go through that process. Actually, Project Hive Pet Company wanted to do organic. Um, When we were originally looking at treats, we were going for chicken treats. We ended up going with vegetarian, but going for the organic certification was going to just be too difficult and expensive. And then we decided to offer vegetarian treats for a variety of reasons. It's ground peanuts, good flavor that dogs love and has pea protein. We insisted on getting our treats non-GMO project verified. And so it does take manpower and it is a cost, but it aligns so closely to our mission to save the bees. And in this process, I learned a lot more about GMO, which is genetically modified organisms. So GMO foods in going through the process. And our agricultural system is pretty dominated by GMOs. Studies have shown that most people don't want to have GMOs in their food supply. Many of the agricultural practices out there, like GMOs, are what put bees in danger, and it's part of you know, our mission to save the bees. So we're really focused on having non-GMO project verified. And so that's a great certification. I think we're going to see more and more of that as the genetically modified food industry gets more and more scrutiny. Keeping on the food side, less well-known certifications are around you know, sustainable fisheries and those around animal welfare. And then for product level certification, similar to climate neutral at the brand level, you can get carbonfund.org to certify your products as climate neutral. Most of these climate level certifications require you to purchase carbon offsets for your carbon emissions. Those have been a bit controversial. Greenpeace said a big blog about carbon emissions are a scam or something like that. I don't totally agree with that, but they do need to be incremental, like additive. You can't just say, well, we didn't take down a forest, you know, that wouldn't have been taken down anyway. But I think people are a little bit skeptical about some of the carbon offsets. That market is still in its infancy and it's growing really, really rapidly. But I think people are still trying to understand it. Packaging is a major waste problem. So there are more and more certifications around, like if you're looking at compostable materials and materials that can be recycled and responsibly sourced materials. So FSC certified is Forest Stewardship Council. So that shows that if your product or any type of packaging is made out of paper, it comes from a responsibly, sustainably managed forest. I think we're going to be seeing more like reused and refillable packaging. There's not really a certification around that one. One of the certifications I really like, it's very small, not many people have heard of it, is cradle to cradle certification. 
Cradle to Cradle is a book written by William McDonough. He's an architect and he takes you back to like, there's no real waste in nature. And so instead of making products of cradle to grave, let's think about the entire life cycle of a product because you don't really ever throw anything away, right? Like throw something away. Where does it go? Like it doesn't just disappear. So if we want to go into more detail of it, he kind of takes all materials and says there's a biological nutrient cycle that can be kind of endlessly composted and it regenerates itself. So if you think about more like just biological compostable materials that help contribute to if there's nitrogen in the soil or something like that. And then there's technical nutrients and the technical nutrients are things like metals and glass where they can be recycled and reused. But the important thing is to keep those two things separate. So the biological nutrients stay in that cycle and the technical nutrients stay in that cycle. When you mix them, he calls it a monstrous hybrid. Can't be composted, can't be recycled. Getting a cradle to cradle certification, it's just a great way to think about products in what's going to happen to the product. And particularly with food, it's really around packaging, right? Because the food gets digested, but what's left? Is the packaging compostable? Is it recyclable? Are kind of the main issues there. Conversation around sustainability has really, really grown to encompass every single part of the pet food industry. Everything from ingredient sourcing all the way through packaging to transportation to the final product on the store shelves. As we said at the beginning, it can be really confusing and really complex. We've talked about a whole bunch of certifications. Maybe you should look into them. Maybe you should hold off on them. With all of your experience with sustainability and business, and in your opinion, what certifications do you think companies should prioritize if they want to make something like that part of their sustainability plan? And then what things should they be doing that don't necessarily have to do with certification? The top three things. If you're building a sustainability plan, are there one or two certifications you should really, really look into? And then what are the things within your company that you should really focus on as you're building this plan? I think B Corp certification is one of the top ones. And I think 1% for the planet is one of the best ones, but it really has to tie into your overall mission and strategy. So 1% for the planet is great because a percent of your revenue is going towards helping to save the planet, but really like thinking about your own product. And if it's animal-based products, finding an organization that aligns closely with your own products so that it makes sense from the standpoint of a company's mission. I just think it kind of goes back to a company's mission and values in terms of picking a certification that makes sense. So 1% for the planet, if they're just giving away part of their revenue to a variety of different places that changes every year, depending on who the person is that decides where it goes, doesn't really fit well with kind of an overall message to the consumer. I would just go back to incorporating a mission to save the planet as part of it. So, I mean, I go back to Patagonia as a shining example, and they have said they are in business to save our home planet. And I love that. They're just saying, okay, everything we do is going to be not just sustainable, but they're going towards regenerative. Like they're working on regenerative agriculture because we do have some healing to do with our um, natural ecosystems. B Corp and 1% for the planet, I think are the two most impactful certifications to go for at the brand level. If you are in food, I think non-GMO project verified is really important. Sometimes people can't get the organic label. That's what we've prioritized at Project High Pet Company based on a lot of expertise in sustainability. So uh, <laughs> I guess I'm a little bit biased. 
And then what is the top question a company needs to ask itself when it's trying to figure out what its sustainability mission should look like? You've talked about focusing on your products and finding something that aligns with that and your business strategy. There are a lot of different elements and companies are starting to take a look at themselves right now because they're shifting the way they're interacting with consumers. And it's really turning into a more transparent, more conversation type of relationship with consumers. What would really help give a company a springboard to jump off of to really flesh out a sustainability plan? What's the first question you guys asked yourselves when you were starting Project Hive Pet Company? I think as a sustainability consultant, we always start with where is your biggest impact in your operations? And larger companies can afford to do a materiality assessment. That sounds very sort of scientific, but materiality means just what is most important to your business. So as you look at your supply chain and your operations, and then going all the way to the consumer and then waste in that whole circle or line, where is your biggest impact. The three major areas that are typically looked at are energy, water, and waste. Those are kind of the main areas to start focusing on to see where is your company very energy intensive? Do you produce a lot of waste? Do you utilize a lot of water? And it should be not just in your own operations, but supply chain, you know, before any products get to you and after. So it's looking at the whole picture, life cycle of the product, where is the most impact? And it can be a little daunting to try and figure that out, but I think most businesses can guess where that is going to be. So that's in terms of just overall impact. But backing that up is sort of looking at why are you in business? What is your main purpose? If it's, you know, I'm in business to make money, I would encourage business owners to back that up a little bit more. What are your values? What do you hope to do and make a difference for your consumer or for the pet that you're serving? Is there kind of a bigger picture? Do you want to make life better for a certain group of animals or a certain group of people? Is that geographically constrained or is it holistic? So there's just a lot of almost soul-searching questions to ask that will help drive a sustainability strategy. It's a really big umbrella to kind of play in. Well, I think you've given people some places to jump off of, which is always good because you can't come up with a plan unless you know where to start. And with the conversation around sustainability these days, it can be difficult to know where to start and where to look first. What do you see as the future of sustainability in the pet food world? Where are we going? Yeah, I mean, I think we're in the middle of a major transformation in what we're doing and what we're expected to be doing when it comes to being more responsible for our impact. Specifically, I think we'll see more alternative proteins in the pet food industry as people try to reduce their consumption of animal products. Pet food trends tend to follow human trends. As I mentioned, in the global demand for more vegetarian and vegan food, as it increases, pet parents will start looking for that for their pets. Alternative proteins can be plant-based, cell-based, which is lab-grown or insect-based even. Um, I think we'll also see a growth in the non-GMO project verified pet food and treats because consumers are asking for that in order to help transform our agricultural system. Also just seeing a growth in the wellness categories for pets, treats that are good for their teeth. 
treats and toys or other things that are maybe good for their mental health, whether it's an interactive game or whether it's a scent or something that is calming, things that sort of, I would say, relieve anxiety. I think we're in kind of an over-anxious, stressed out world right now. And I think we're seeing more uh, need and demand for help in that area for both people and pets. I would definitely agree with that. Thank you very much for your insights. Sustainability is such a hot topic right now that I know many companies are hip deep in trying to figure out where they stand. So I hope and think that this will provide a lot of touch points for companies to start with. Before we go, let's do a little plug. Where can people find you and where can people find Project Hive Pet Company? People can find me on LinkedIn, Melissa Rappaport Schiffman. Project Hive Pet Company can be found. We have our website, projecthivepetcompany.com where you can find our products and savings on bundles. Since the Global Pet Expo in Florida in March, we sort of introduced our company and products to the world. We just launched a year ago, but I don't think many people have been together at a pet show for a couple of years because of COVID. We are growing our retail presence and we really love local retailers. They know more about our products and pet specialty retailers are great as well. So we are trying to make it convenient for people. We are also on Amazon because the more that we sell, the more bees we can save. Excellent. That's it for this episode of Trending Pet Food. You can find us on petfoodindustry.com, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow us on Instagram at Trending Pet Food Podcast. Once again, I'm Lindsay Beaton, your host and editor of Pet Food Industry Magazine, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in.